Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast, where ordinary women have exhausted their belief in the up and down promises of culture and are here to share the sigh of relief they've found in the upside down kingdom of God, tackling topics personal to their individual stories. Some of my dearest friends join me, Andrea Lynn Chartier, to show how God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Cause I've gone up and I've gone down Exhausting belief in what seems renowned is true Hey friends, I'm so excited today to have Brianna Weidman with us. You can say hi. Hi. There it is. So a bit of an introduction. She is my best friend. We can kind of collectively try to introduce our relationship a bit here. I guess how I first got to know her was I dated her now husband, not husband at the time, obviously. (laughs) That would be the worst problem. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. When we were at Bible school, it was like a good little special person thing. And anyway, about a year later, long Mm -hmm. story short, when Zach and I were all good and he was living with some friends, including Brianna, I ended up joining them after my head injury and we kind of hit it off from there. Is that a fair? description yeah yeah <laughs> good of uh, whole notes of it yeah so description of yes. brianna she's just a constant in my life in presence and in care for everyone that she interacts with she is always seeking growth in every area of her life and that results from her pursuit of growth in christ and she is just a powerhouse for truth and for change and for the name of Jesus. And we are absolutely privileged to be able to talk to her, me every day, basically. <laughs> but uh, you guys get to um, have the opportunity to hear into some of her heart. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about our relationships with food and our bodies and what place that has in God's upside down kingdom. Yeah, Brianna, you kind of wanted to speak towards the topic a bit. On yeah, that. yeah. I just wanted to, before we kind of get into things, is provide a little mini trigger warning. Not that I feel like anything I say should be triggering, but I know as someone who has struggled with disordered eating, sometimes when I would read or listen or watch things about people who, uh, yeah, struggled with the same thing, it could trigger those behaviors in me again. So... If you know that you are someone who struggles with disordered eating or exercise or anything like that, I'm not saying don't listen to what we're going to talk about. Mm. But what I am saying is maybe listen with a friend who you trust and be willing and open to having a conversation about what we say afterwards. And also, this is my story. And I am not a therapist and I am not a professional counselor. I am just someone who loves Jesus and someone who has a story to tell, as we all do. And so I want to approach this with delicacy because this is such a personal, individual struggle that a lot of people deal with. And I want to respect everyone's journey in that, but also want to hopefully speak some truth into something that we may avoid speaking truth into sometimes for fear of hurting other people. That was my preface. Yeah. Yeah, really helpful. And I think being your friend and walking through things with you, I think the discussion and everything is always huge and being able to have that community and support in different ways. So thanks for Mm -hmm. speaking towards that. So if you wouldn't mind, it would just be great if you could give a bit of context of your story with regards to this topic, whatever you're willing to share. 
Yeah. So a quick version of my story when it comes to my relationship with food and me. As a kid, I was never super athletic per se. My brothers were into sports and my parents put me in a bunch of sports hoping that one would stick and none never really did. I'm just not good at sports. Okay. That's what it is. I don't have the coordination or whatever. I don't know what it is, Um, but that was me. And honestly, I feel like God really protected me as a young teen from any sort of issues with food slash exercise. I don't really, I remember other girls talking their bodies in kind of negative ways and I just kind of didn't for some reason. That was never really my thing. So for the first like 19 years of my life, I never really had given much thought to my body, like beyond, I don't know, normal things. But then after, so I took a year off after high school, went to Bible school. Then I came home and started university the following September. And that's like that August to October of my life, there was a lot of change. I moved out of my house for the first time, like out of home. I started university, which was a huge life change. Uh, My brother got married. There was some friend stress situations that kind of came up around that time too. So basically my life felt very chaotic. There was a lot of stuff I felt like I had no control over and I didn't know how to cope with that. One thing that I could control though was what I ate and it made me feel like I had some semblance of control over my life as a whole. And so at the beginning, it wasn't really because I didn't like my body or something. It was just because I wanted to feel in control. But the more I restricted, the more I hated my body. And I got sick quite fast. (laughs) And then I told some close friends and relatives about why I was feeling sick and what I was thinking about. And there were some good, helpful reactions. And there was some not helpful reactions also from people in my life. And then a few months later, I kind of dealt with that on and off, kind of some highs. A few months later, I started CrossFit and I felt nauseous all hours of the day, 24-7, ever since I started doing that. And I couldn't sleep very well. So I was like kind of like a little bit sick all the time is what it felt like. And I wish I could say something more spiritual uh, or beautiful here, but initially my desire to be better was because I wanted to be better at CrossFit. (laughs) And as sad as it sounds, CrossFit did kind of give me a reason to eat because I couldn't exercise at the level I wanted to with the amount of food I was putting into my body. That's why I was feeling so sick. So once, like I did that for a little bit and I started to eat kind of more normally. And once my eating was more under control, I had this longer battle with anxiety and panic attacks over body stuff and other stuff. But that's season also has come to end recently too. That's been about, we've been about three years, I think, since I've kind of been out of the oh. deepest part of that. I know it's been so yeah, long. Like, that is time. Those days. Yeah. Right? Anyways, the past three years have kind of been up and down as life is with external things, but also internally when it comes to my relationship with exercise and food and my body. But I would say that where I am today is a relatively good and better place than I was then. So I would say I'm kind of on the out Mm. of like disordered eating and exercise, though not ever fully free yet, Mm. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much just for sharing that for your vulnerability and willingness to be open with not just me, but everyone who's listening Mm. that we're not able to interact with right now. 
And that's something to celebrate that you're on the out walking through it with you. That's just praising Jesus for the work that he has. And just to ask a little bit more as to what that means. Yeah. What do you mean in saying that you're in a good place or on the out? What does that look like? And what do you think has contributed to you being in that place now? Yeah. So there was a variety of things that have contributed to where I am today. There has been medication to help with anxiety. Mm. There has been therapy with a professional counselor, Mm. support from dear friends and my lovely husband, a good exercise routine. But most importantly, I think the thing that has been most pivotal in my relationship with food was when I finally was able to bring Jesus into the struggle more. So like I said today, though, I don't really restrict as much anymore. I definitely sometimes like if I would weigh myself, for instance, that could send me into a really bad spiral in my head about what I think about myself and maybe I would eat less or exercise more than I normally would. But I can be a bit more aware these days of things that trigger me and know how to recognize it and kind of call it out before it becomes something really unhealthy. Hmm. But it definitely, I think, will always be something that I am a little bit more sensitive to, like the language people use or things people say about me or, you know, I think women too, we all kind of dissect ourselves in pictures to something, you know, Mm. that kind of stuff. But I think, yeah, it's always going to be there a little bit for me, but definitely have found a lot more freedom and healing in that process. Yeah. It's not like you're immune moving forward or that it's just like, (laughs) oh, check, dealt with that. Right. Like I think that especially if you've been vulnerable to it in the past, like you've Mm -hmm. gained skills to be able to combat that and bring truth to it, but it's it's not like, oh, yeah, I used to, right? And part of that power of the yeah. testimony is the fact that you're continuing to have the tools to work through it and respond healthily that I see in you as your friend, right? It's ongoing for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you describe as being the core issue or fundamental struggle in a person's, well, your specifically relationship with food? I think for me was recognizing that it's an issue of idolatry essentially is kind of what it boils down to because I know like thoughts of my body and what I was eating and how much I was exercising consumed me. Like that's the best way to say it. It was all I cared about. It was 95% of what I thought about. And moreover, like when I realized, even when I was able to kind of name it as unhealthy behavior, though I still did it. And I initially, I didn't think that really affected my relationship with God or other people, Hmm. which I learned was very untrue and so destructive when you hate, like when you hate God's creation so much, Mm. it it says a lot about like what you think about God. And also just, I had no space in my life for joy or peace or deep relationship really without knowing it because I, I was just too busy thinking about what I look like or what I was eating that day or how many days or how much, you know, I weighed. Mm. It just filled up my mind and it filled up my heart. And I think that that, yeah, it was kind of like idolatry, something that I would think about more than God and that I would put more energy into than God, put more of my time and my finances and my, you know, mm-hmm. thoughts towards, which really, if you do that with anything, it's going to affect how you view Jesus, how you view other people. It's true. Like yeah. even good so, things, right? Like mm-hmm. anything that you're putting like above not- God, which we're all doing yeah. all the time, <laughs> but like we have to call exactly. it for what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that exercise is a bad thing or eating healthy is a bad thing. Mm, it's exactly. that 
constant need to know or do something or affect or try and change this part of who you are or this part of your life really is trying to take that control away from God, you know, which yeah. is not how we're made to flourish. Do you want, Just something you said about how you are the creation just reminded me of one moment in my life when I struggled a little bit with this when I was at Bible school was how I was walking on this path that I always do in the middle of the Alps in Austria. And I was just in awe of the beauty. And yeah, just to speak towards it, everyone's like, oh, I wish. But yeah, just the beauty of God's creation. And I was just like, I had one of those really powerful moments of like, God, you're so majestic and amazing. And it was just deep in my core, this awe at his creation. And I just mm. felt the Holy Spirit just whisper to me, you are more beautiful than this. And I just yeah. broke down crying. I was like, yeah, God put his most beauty and creativity into us. We are made in his image, right? And, and when you actually internalize that and grasp that, that was just such a moving mm. experience for me that when you said, I'm his creation, I was just like, yes, that's how he sees yeah. us. And when we approach this from that perspective... It changes. It changes our view of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't look at a beautiful mountainscape and we're like, why aren't you a desert? Why aren't you a beautiful beach? You know, yeah. it's, like, yeah, it's like, wow. Or like, why aren't you a taller mountain? You know, you just see it and you're like, that's beautiful. And then you go see something else and it's different. And you're like, oh, that's so oh, beautiful, that's beautiful too. beautiful too. Yeah. It's wow. Not- it's a great analogy. Yeah. I'm never comparing. Everything has its function and, oh, and God made it as- that way. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What did you just say? Like, you know, this mountain isn't as tall as the other mountain. Yes. You know, that I saw. Yeah. So but we do that. We do that with you ourselves. Don't even think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what (laughs) role do you feel culture plays in this? Yeah. How do you think the messages of our culture affect women and men, for that matter, and how we think about our bodies and food? What are the influences there? Well, I think it's huge. You don't need to like, I don't think any woman needs to be told that most of the time society puts forward an image of what a beautiful woman is. And it is not you. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone has seen that in some aspects. Like mm. the world we see is so curated and so unrealistic sometimes. We know about Photoshop, we know about all this stuff. And that's kind of an older, not that it's not relevant anymore, but it's something I think we become more aware of kind of that idolatry, like I was speaking of, of like, you should be more thin, you know? Mm. Like, or they celebrate huge weight loss and they put forward exercise as a way to get a desired body shape with all the diet culture and all this kind of stuff, which is not helpful for anyone, really, whether you have like an eating disorder or not. Like it never feels good to be compared to something that is unattainable for you because our bodies are all made differently. And none of us, like all of our bodies are going to look different, even if they're all super healthy and super fit. That look like the same thing for everyone. Yeah. But I think there's another thing that's more recent that I think is also kind of unhealthy is that this whole culture around like you do whatever makes you feel good, like eat the food you want, you know, Mm. drink all the wine when you have a rough day, like all the stuff that kind of seems like gluttony. And gluttony is not self-care. Like (laughs) Important differentiation. Exactly. It can kind of disguise itself as like, oh, I'm just caring about me. I'm just going to do stuff that's not going to fuel my body well to do the things that God wants me to do in the day, Mm. you know? So it can be dangerous to celebrate kind of either of those extremes of like, don't care at all, like reject diet culture, you know, do whatever you want and you don't have to exercise and you don't have to do all this stuff. I think can be just as dangerous as 
idolizing a certain body and doing whatever it takes to achieve that. Yeah, that's it's just it's tough. It's a tough. Thing. It's a tough world we live in. It is so hard, right? The pendulum swinging too far in one direction because mm-hmm. I think there's. I don't know, some level of trying to combat lies with truth, but then the truth gets warped into another lie, right? Which is why I think we need Jesus Mm -hmm. and the Bible, right, to just be giving us that middle ground rather than just our maybe emotional responses to things on either way. But the gluttony is not something that I think we talk about very much in culture right now. Yeah. And I think as Christians, sometimes we kind of don't see this as something that really is part of the spiritual struggle. Mm. You know, we kind of, I see Christians who are kind of on both ends and kind of not really thinking it's spiritual, you know? And that I think is dangerous too, is to just completely ignore Jesus when it comes to how we think about our bodies or how we think about what we're eating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, our lives aren't separated into, oh, this is spiritual and this is not. Like God made everything. God is a part of of everything he was intended to be experienced through his creation and through the way that we steward our lives, right? And the way that the Holy Spirit guides us as Christians. I'm sorry to interrupt the flow of this episode, but I needed to take the opportunity to share with you the work of a dear friend and fellow follower of Jesus. Amanda Beaton is an incredible Christian artist out of Coaldale, Alberta, who creates numerous projects meant to comfort, encourage, and inspire others in their pursuit of God. And I can testify that her 2022 scripture calendar does exactly that, depicting the majesty of God through His creation and His Word. I have personally adored this last year's calendar, and I'm so glad I get to continue being reminded of truth in this way for yet another year, as I trust you will too. Because when you use the promo code UPSIDEDOWN, spelled U-P-S-I-G-H-D-O-W-N in all caps, you will get 10% off of her 2022 Land, Sea, and Sky scripture calendar sold on her website amandab.com, spelled A-M-A-N-D-A-B-E-A.com. The link and all the info can also be found in the show notes. Also, a percentage of these sales will directly support this podcast so I can maintain its quality and sustainability. A purchase, therefore, would be a meaningful gift to both me and Amanda, as well as a great gift for someone in your life or just for yourself. All right, thank you, friends. Now, let's return to this important conversation with Brianna. It is clear that the Bible looks at this differently right? In the kingdom of God, it looks different. So mm-hmm. God's singing in heart for us on this is contrary to culture. So can you speak more towards that than maybe articulate the most yeah. relevant truths to combat these lies that we're susceptible to from culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because we're called to be like, we're in this world, but we're not of this world, right? So we can mm-hmm. reject both of those extremes that the world presents to us. We can reject the need to be thin And because I think that's placing too high a value on what our bodies look like. And we know that God says, God does not look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart, right? Mm. And then, but also we can reject this desire to not care and do, you know, choose pleasure over everything else because that's hedonism and that's too low a view of our bodies. That's saying our bodies are not at all important to our mission here on this earth. Mm. And we know that God says, I have a list here. 
a lot of things about our bodies. You know, we're fearfully, wonderfully made. We are a masterpiece. We are made in God's literal image, which is wild, (laughs) insane, (laughs) which is wild. So clearly there is some value to our bodies. They're like our house, the house for our soul. Mm -hmm. And the verse that I think really helped me the most kind of bring this into clearer focus was the passage from first Corinthians in chapter six, verse 19 to 20. It's a passage about sexual immorality, but I think it's very relevant to this conversation. So I'm going to just read my version. It's ESV. Amazing. And it says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And I think Mm. the beauty of the picture of our bodies being a temple is not the fact that the temple is beautiful, though it was, Mm. you know, it was beautiful. But the point was the temple is the home of the Holy Spirit. And that is what made it of value. So our bodies, though they are wonderfully made and all that stuff, what makes them valuable is what they house. And Mm. it's that it's our vehicle for the Holy Spirit and the vehicle to carry out God's work. And they need to be healthy to do that. Like, we don't want to self-sabotage what God wants us to do because we want to, you know, do what we want and have control and all this kind of stuff and have fun or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Oh, that's Um, good. Like when we're trying to compliment and be really kind and affirm, oh, you are beautiful. It's like, okay, even though that's true, like you said, the temple is beautiful. mm -hmm. That's not what actually gives it its beauty, right? And if we approach it that way and view ourselves that way and view others that way, I think that changes the way that we interact with both ourselves and others. Yeah, because even as Christians, sometimes like when I would tell people that I was struggling with, you know, eating disorder, that kind of stuff, that would be their initial reaction was to affirm my appearance, to affirm my beauty, you know? Right, yeah. But in reality, that's not, the whole point is that I'm so focused on what I look like. And that's not addressing that issue by you telling me I'm beautiful. Right. It's amplifying it, really. Scripturally grounded. It's amplifying. It's like, okay, this is what, this is why I have value, which is not at all true. Right. You know? And it's not the intention. um, (laughs) No, 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 no. Well-intentioned people. Yeah. I had a lot of well-intentioned people in my life do things that did not help. (laughs) Right. And then that's like, sometimes it's like, this is why we need to, I don't know, listen to other people who... Who are like, hey, that intention isn't actually effective. And it's important yeah. to recognize that what's effective is actually mm-hmm. what we need to care about, right? Yeah. And I think also, like, even taking a step further into this spiritually, I think both of these two issues, the issues kind of of gluttony and idolatry, are unhealthy responses sometimes to things. Even if you don't have disordered eating, sometimes I think we can both slip into these things. Yeah. So, for example, the issues of gluttony could be I eat more when I'm sad. And in reality, that means you're using food to cope with your struggles and you're not bringing struggles to Jesus first. And it's the same the other way. Like, oh, I'm feeling tempted, so I'm going to go for a run until I forget about whatever I'm tempted by. But in reality, are you first bringing that before Jesus? You know, both these can be distractions from the work that God wants to do in our lives because it's just additional noise. It's additional input that may get in the way of what God's trying to do. Though not that I'm saying you shouldn't, you know, if you're sad, you can't right. treat yourself or you, if you're feeling tempted, you shouldn't go for a run because right. those aren't necessarily It's not like a do things. this, do that. It's like, what's the motivation behind it? Where no. are you going first? Exactly. And it's all about the heart in your situations. 
how you go into them really is the point. Yeah. And talking about exercise, what role does that have in your life now? Are you able to have that healthily or what's that interchange? I think I need to be really like I need to be really careful about my role with exercise. I've been able to find exercise that I love. Like I mentioned I started doing CrossFit a while ago and now my family's really into rock climbing, which is really fun yeah, and a new yeah. challenge. And the one thing that not that this is like I'm trying to advertise for CrossFit. Everyone has their own <laughs> No, but, but it's, I know thing, it's a huge part of, of your life and like your story on this. My, yeah. So please share it. It is because there was the first community I experienced that they started celebrating goals that were not appearance-based, you know? Yeah. And I had never been in a place where I wanted to achieve something fitness-wise that wasn't appearance-based. You know, I wanted to be able to do a pull-up, which, you know, I could look like anything and do a pull-up, right. you know? Uh-huh. And that was something that I learned a lot about fitness is you can't... I think we all think we can tell how fit people are by what they look like, which in reality is not the case I learned. Yeah. And it kind of goes without saying. But I think... Also, I just need to be really aware of my intentions, like I was saying before, going into exercise, because sometimes it can be something that really draws me into the heart of God and makes me feel alive and enables me to do other things better. But also, I need to kind of be aware of like, sometimes I'm feeling bad about my body. So then I go, I'll go to the gym. It's like, well, I'm going to do this not because... I want to, you know, be healthy for longer or have better mental health to do my job better. It's because I just am angry at the way I look. So I think, yeah, if there's not like a, I'm good with exercise or exercise is bad. It's like always my heart posture into it. And that means generally I need to sit with Jesus first Mm. to kind of evaluate where am I coming at this from, you know? And you've, I forget to do that sometimes. It's true. And, and you've talked to me about that before. And that's just really resonated with me, honestly, since when I'm going to exercise, like if I actually force myself to even take sometimes like five seconds to actually be like, am I exercising mm-hmm. because I didn't feel great about my meal that I had yesterday, or I just haven't exercised in a long time and I'm feeling like I'm probably like, what is my motivation? And sometimes if I just like, if I take five seconds to let God into that place, I realize I'm like, wow, if that's actually it, like I need to talk to Jesus about that. Exercising is not going to exactly. solve that. The problem is way deeper than that. And mm. the problem is something that can only be met with Christ. And I've just really appreciated your challenge on that to be like, exercise isn't always the answer, even if our world and culture would say that it is. And it's like, hey, if you haven't been eating super healthily, or if you haven't exercised in a long time, and that's what's upsetting you, maybe you should exercise and that'll solve it. And it's like, sometimes, yeah, for sure. Like you said, we need to steward it well. But yeah, also, sometimes God's like, hey, right, there's a motivation off kilt there, right? So mm-hmm. thank you for your time. And I think one <laughs> thing that just, yeah, one more thing I want to add to that is just something that hit me when I was preparing for this is like, never have I ever been taught or even had the thought that exercise could be a sin. Like nowhere in my Christian, like I grew up in the church, like in the faith my whole life. And that's never even been mentioned. And not that it is inherently exercise is a sin, but I think sometimes it is. (laughs) It's distracting us from what God wants us to say. You know, it can be. It's not always, but it can be. And we just need to be aware of that. Yeah, it can be a prioritizing that over something else that God's like really maybe instructed us to do, like biblically or personally. 
That's a good point. I I haven't either. <laughs> to echo that, like, <laughs> just like that hasn't really been articulated. And I think, honestly, anything like we mentioned earlier, anything can be a sin if it's not put under the authority of God. Yeah, any behavior that could be helpful could also be harmful. Yeah. So I know it's also really on your heart to speak to those individuals who don't really relate to this struggle per se, and whether they have people in their lives who do or not, how should they interact with this topic? Or do they even need to at all? (laughs) Yeah, I would say I think it's something that we all need to be aware of in our walk, even if you don't personally resonate with like my story or anything along those lines. I think in general, the people who were unhelpful, like we said, were well-intentioned. Yeah. They didn't want to hurt me. They cared a lot about me, but they just are a product of this culture that talks about our bodies in ways that are really defining and really assign value to people. And we see that a lot with like issues of race and ableism and and there is bodies that are ignored and mm-hmm. seen as less than. So just in general, like I think language first is a huge huge thing is something that I would notice is whenever people would really like describe people or their defining trait when they're trying to like get me to figure out who someone was, it would be, oh, they're like a bigger person, you know? Mm -hmm. And that just as someone who struggles with like their body image and food in general, that just immediately was like, okay, that person's thinking about bodies. Yeah. And how are they describing me if someone doesn't know who I am, right? Exactly. Like, what do they say about me? And so that's one thing that I think we just don't really need. (laughs) I don't know. I try to be aware of it. I know that sometimes it's easier to just do that. But I think just out of like respect and love for our neighbors, Mm. just think of another way. Or is it really that important? Yeah. (laughs) Like, can I spend another way? Does it really matter? Yeah. And can I spend a couple extra seconds to, you know, maybe it would come to mind earlier if I described a physical aspect of the person. But if like, yeah, I've tried to get in the habit of just not doing that. And it probably takes just like maybe two more descriptions. And what did you lose? Nothing, really. And what you gained was being able to be respectful and describe someone. And it's kind of cool. Like, how else am I going to describe this person? How else can they be recognized by this other person I'm talking to? Right? Like, it's an uplifting thing. Exactly. And I think anything that people can do to take the spotlight off of our physical kind of bodies is really just helpful. And like we were saying before, if someone confides in you that they are struggling with what they look like, you don't need to affirm what they look like. Mm -hmm. Then that's an invitation into like what they're hurting, like most about deep inside. And they don't need, like maybe they think they want to be told that they're skinny or they're beautiful, but is that just encouraging bad behavior or is that, really showing them that their value is who they are as people. So, yeah, what would you for sure. what would you maybe have them say instead? And I know it's not a cookie cutter meets all, but like maybe for you if yeah. you, you know, if you mentioned this is something I'm struggling with and like instead of me replying to like, "No, you look really healthy and good, you're like what could I say instead as my first response? Like, would it to be to ask a question? Be like, where do you think that comes from? Or is that too prying? Like, what's your wisdom in that? I mean, it's hard because it's everyone's yeah. individual journey. But I think generally 
will you give people space to share as much as they want to share without being too like, oh, tell me how much you've eaten today or that kind of stuff that's like not helpful. But I think one thing that can be huge is to affirm character and affirm value in in the things that actually matter in biblical truths of like you are a child of God, which means you you know, have this inheritance and you have joy and you have the fruit of the spirit in you. And those, mm. I see those things in you and they make me like you so much more, you know? Yeah. Like those things that are more, more grounded in truth and biblical truth really mm. may not be what I would have wanted to hear in the moment, but would have made, maybe turn the conversation in a way that would have been more helpful. Yeah. I think yeah. when we can talk about those deep value issues I think that would really steer the conversation in a better way, probably. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And I think it calls every one of us, every listener, whatever your interaction is with this, that like there's there's something to be reflective with yourself. How are you using your language? And how are you mm-hmm. what is your first response and where does that come from? Are you overvaluing image of yourself or other people? Like it leaves, mm-hmm. and it, well, me at least, like since you know, just walking through this with you, like I've had to really reflect a lot on myself and what things I'm even contributing and what comments I'm making. Like, oh no, I probably don't need this cupcake. Like, what? I didn't need to say that. And like, why am I even thinking about it that way? Yeah. Right? Like, and how is that not only exactly. impacting me, but how is it impacting those around me, whether I know they're struggling with this or not? It has an impact. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You don't know who's struggling around you. You yeah. don't know what they're story is so best to just like not mention it who cares yeah. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't help yeah it doesn't help <laughs> that yeah. sounds harsh that sounds harsh you know i'm harsh but <laughs> well, it's, it's it a wonderful it quality doesn't, sometimes. it doesn't help <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't and it's so good possible. we need it we need it like mm-hmm. there are times when i mean in discussions like this right now there are times to discuss it and to bring it up and really be vulnerable about your interaction mm-hmm. with it. And then there are times when it's a passing comment does a lot more damage than maybe you think it does. Exactly. Is that fair? Yeah, it can really. No, that's totally true. Because I know for myself, if there's something that's kind of triggered me earlier and then it's kind of really on my mind, having something, you know, the more things that come up that remind me of that are stumbling blocks. Right. They're not things that help pull me out, you know? Yeah. It repeats that pattern in your brain. Science people could probably exactly. speak towards the <laughs> all of the realities biologically of that, which I will not do the right now. The science people The science there. people. <laughs> wow, I really uh, elevated my uh, credibility in that field right there. But but it's, so but there is stuff behind that, like repeated patterns, like to mm. change discussions for yourself and in those around you. Like it makes a difference every, every moment, every choice. Yeah. So... Now I'm going to ask you the question that I intend to ask every guest on this podcast pertaining to this topic. What in the upside down kingdom of God offers the greatest sigh of relief from the up and down reality of culture? I think ultimately Jesus is so much more beautiful and so much more consuming than anything on this earth if we let that happen, you know? And also it's Sometimes I take a lot of refuge in the fact that there's going to be a day when we have new bodies Mm. and all these issues won't exist with those bodies, you know? Maybe they'll look like, I don't know what they're going to look or what it's going to be like, but, you know, he's going to heal sick people, you know? He's going to heal all our bodies and and make them things that will last forever. And just in when we're focused on him, there's so much freedom from 
all the lies the culture tries to tell you. And in that, there's so much more time to participate in joy and to live life the way that God intended us to, which is not to constantly be worrying about what we're eating or how much we were exercising. It's just, it's just freedom. And that is just the most of a thought <laughs> out there. <laughs> I think the, the sigh, a good sigh of a thought. That's if, great. If, the if most I that. of a thought. Uh, it is. I mean, like you just encompassed, it I is. guess that, yeah, the freedom the freedom offered there. And that's going to extend to every aspect of life. But speaking to this and that hope of, in my case, you know, a huge hope in healing and like physical healing Mm -hmm. of my body and talking about our relationships with food, everything like that's something that we can't lose sight of as Christians (laughs) that informs Mm -hmm. everything we do and and the hope that we have now in in our lives before that side of eternity. Exactly. It's just, we just don't need to, we just don't need to worry because Mm. We're going to die. Me. Sorry. I can't help it. That is so you. I was going to sing at like, some point. We knew it. During this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Because like, what do you think about it? Our bodies are going to be in the ground or however, I don't know, cremated. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever like, you want to do. Like, Donate your organs also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, it's so, when you have the eternal perspective of Jesus and the, his kingdom here, like, who cares what yeah. your pant size is? Mm. Like, that doesn't that doesn't matter, you know? It just it takes so much weight off off of my brain. Like my anxious brain can rest. Yeah. And that. then out of that place being able to like understand how God intended our bodies to be and how they are a vessel for the work mm-hmm. that he like mm-hmm. he entered a body in Jesus. Like how profound is that? Like he Exactly. He loves that creation so much that you know, he humbled himself into that form. Like God has been mm-hmm. in a human body. And yeah. recognizing that role too is another view of that, I guess. Exactly. That brings freedom in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Our bodies were created good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that means they were ripped. And super thin, <laughs> right? I think they were just, yeah. Adam and Eve were not, were not poster, we're not bodybuilders. Yeah, exactly. But they were, they were made for how God intended them to do the work that He created them exactly. to do. It's, yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your insight in this. I just, I love listening to, to you talk. I'm like, that's so good and so wise. And um, I just know God's just speaking, speaking through you to me. So I imagine that must be the case for everyone who's also able to hear your thoughts and heart here. Would it be okay if I prayed over you? And then if you were willing to pray over the listeners, would that be a good way for us to end this podcast? I think it would. I would like that. Good. Okay. Wonderful. So, wow, Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to chat with Brianna. Every time I do, it's an absolute blessing, and you know that. But I just pray that you would use our conversation and our friendship and, more importantly, just the wisdom and words and discussion that we've had today to speak to the listeners. But I ask that you would just be over Brianna as she as we end this and as she goes and continues to live out the words that she has shared and internalizes it and continues to implement these truths into her life, may you strengthen her, may you comfort her, and may you continue to provide truth through your word and through her friendships and through me as someone who's privileged to be in her life. May you just 
continue to do your good work. And I just celebrate knowing Brianna's story, how you have just proven your goodness through even in the trial and the struggle that you are faithful and that uh, I just thank you for her pursuit of you and pray that we would continue to see more of you through her story and her heart. Yeah, I just pray a blessing over her and thank you for our time together. Yeah, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to speak and thank you for Andrea's heart to share what your kingdom looks like in this world that is sometimes so far from it. So Mm -hmm. I pray, Jesus, that any words that were not helpful would just fall off people and anything that was of you would stick. Jesus, I pray that that would, that you would use this for your glory and that all the people listening, whether they're struggling, Jesus, with like, feel like they're fighting their bodies, feel like they're hating the shells you've put their souls into God, that you would begin to just work your way into that and and speak truth over their value as as children of God and as people who have personalities and gifts and talents and have so much to offer this world. I pray that they would begin to reflect on those things and those things, you would bring those things to mind right now, Jesus. And yeah, that we would all begin to know and understand a little deeper who we are and what you created us for and um, how you see us, Jesus. Yeah. I pray that for all of us tonight and over myself and Andrea as well. Mm. We love you so much. And we ask all these things in your heavenly name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we discuss how God's upside down kingdom reveals itself amidst a culture of exhausting ups and downs. It is our prayer that through this podcast, you know more of Jesus, have grown in love for Jesus, and continue to experience the sigh of relief found only in Him. And I expect every lesson will only reveal the unexpected again, turning upside down what the world claims to have found.